May God add his blessing to the reading of the scriptures this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. There was a man named David Guest, and it took David, get this, 632 lessons and 17 years before he passed his driving test. He says, when I was told that I passed, I bent down on my knees and thanked God, finally, He'd spent $11,000 on lessons, gone through eight instructors, and he'd crashed five cars (laughs) before he passed. Now, that was a guy that didn't give up. And we admire people who refuse to give up, who refuse to cut their losses even when they are pursuing such mundane tasks as passing a driver's test. Of course, there are some people that we wish would give up, I read about a woman in Pennsylvania who didn't want to buy any magazines, but couldn't get a magazine salesman to leave her house. And so finally, she agreed to give him a dollar for every 10 push-ups that he could do on her doorstep. And he did 200, and so she gave him $20, and he went on his way. Well, he was persistent, and he did make some money, and the 20 bucks was all profit. There was a salesman whose name was Barry, who was having a really bad day, and it was noon, and he was in his favorite diner where he was forced by the big crowd, the lunch crowd that came in every day, to share his table with a woman who was wearing a loud printed dress and green gloves, which went up to her elbows, and she was uh, a little bit eccentric. And after some small talk, Barry asked this lady what her profession was, and she said, well, I'm a messenger. And he said, a messenger from who? And she said, I'm a messenger from God. After a lot of questioning, he finally said to her, okay, suppose you are a messenger from God. What's the message for me? And she said, the message, without batting an eyelash, is three words. Hang in there. Well, maybe that's the message from God that we need to hear today. I don't know what you're going through right now in your life. I don't know what frustrations or failures or fears you might be experiencing in your life. But sometimes God's simple message is, hang in there. Don't give up. Keep going. You're going to make it. These words were sort of one good way of summarizing the story that we heard Larry read for us. Jesus told a story about an unjust judge. This judge had no fear of God, so he wasn't a real real nice guy, and he really couldn't care less about what other people thought of him. Maybe he was a little crooked, we don't know. But he gave favors to certain important people, I bet, And maybe he didn't worry about his conscience or being fair with others. And then there was this widow who needed his help. She was poor. She had no money. She was a woman who was alone in a man's world in those days. She couldn't afford to pay a lawyer to represent her. She held no position of authority. She had no clout. But she was being taken advantage of, and we're not given the details, but by someone, uh, someone else she was being taken advantage of. And still, 
She let none of this stop her. Over and over again, she kept coming back to the judge and pleading, give me justice against my adversary. And at first, the judge didn't do anything. His heart was hard. He had no interest in helping her. There was nothing in it for him. But the widow kept coming and coming and pleading and pleading with him, and she wouldn't let him rest. And what happened? The judge finally gave in, and he gave her the justice that she was looking for. Now, why did he do that? Because she would not give up. He couldn't get rid of her. She wouldn't accept silence. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She just kept coming back again and again. And the judge finally said, even though I don't fear God or I don't care what other people think, but because you keep bothering me, I will see to it that you get justice so that you won't come back and attack me. Now, some versions of that scripture translate the words, so you won't wear me out. But the words of the New International Version, I think, are closer to the original, which means, so you won't give me a black eye. Imagine that a judge, a man of power, gives in to a poor widow because she was persistent. She refused to let this corrupt judge go. It's one of those quirky little parables that Jesus loved to tell. But he adds a very serious moral to it. He says at the end, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. These words were written for people who were being treated very unfairly, very unjustly. He said to them, hang in there. God hears you. Hang in there and trust God. And in the end, you won't be disappointed. Folks, it's important during those times to keep trusting God, no matter what the situation. This is a big part of the meaning of faith. Having faith is more than just saying, I believe in God. Faith is trusting God, whatever the circumstances might be. A businessman had to travel to a small town for a meeting. He invited his wife to come along, and she was excited to go along for the trip until her husband told her that they would be flying in a little twin-engine Cessna plane. She said, um, well, honey, uh, I've decided not to go. And he said, what? Why not? So, well, I'm not going on a little bitty twin-engine Cessna. And he said, honey, your faith is too small. And she said, no, the plane is too small. Well, he really wanted his wife to go, so he canceled the Cessna and he booked a flight on a major airline. And his wife went with him because, as she put it, her faith grew because the size of the plane grew. Some of you can relate to her fear. It's difficult to feel safe in a plane that seems too small. Even more defeating, though, is the belief that your God is too small to take care of you. There's a book by that title. It's called Your God is Too Small. Right on target. Some people have faith in a God that is too small. One mom learned that lesson when her boy was just a little toddler. 
She says that washing her son's hair was always a big problem. He would sit in the bathtub while she would have to put shampoo in his hair first, and then when she poured on the water to lather him up, he would tip his head down so that the shampoo ran into his eyes, and then he would cry because the shampoo hurt his eyes and caused him to have tears. So she tried to explain to him that if he would just look straight up at her, she wouldn't, he wouldn't get shampoo in his face. He would agree and say, okay. And then as soon as she started to rinse his hair, his fear would overcome his trust. He'd put his head down, and the shampoo would run down his face, the lather once again into his eyes. Well, during, during one hair washing, while she was trying to convince him to lift up his head and tilt his head back and trust her, she realized how... This was a lot like her relationship to God. She knows that God is her parent. She's sure that God loves her. She believes that she trusts God with everything in her. But sometimes, in a difficult situation, she admits, she panics, and she puts her head down and turns it away from God. This never solves the problem. She just becomes more afraid as the shampoo blinds her. Mom says, even though my son knew I loved him, he had a hard time trusting me in a panicky situation. I knew I could protect him, but convincing him of that was not very easy, especially when all he could see was water coming down and that lather coming down his face. His lack of trust hurt me, but it hurt him more. He was the one who had to suffer the pain. She said, I'm sure that my lack of trust in God hurts God very much, but how much more does it hurt me? Often in the Bible, we're told to lift our heads to God when problems come. God knows how to protect us, and he promises that he will protect us. If we just remember to listen. Now, when I find myself in a situation, she said, where it would be easy to panic, I picture my little son sitting in the bathtub, looking up at me, learning to trust me. Then I ask God what I should do. Sometimes the answer may seem scary, but one thing I'm sure of, God will never pour shampoo in my face. It's a simple example. But it's a powerful truth. The problem that we sometimes have is not that the problem's too big, but that our faith, our trust, is in a small God. We forget how powerful God is and how much he cares about us. Trust God. Hang on. Trust God and keep going. Trust God and keep coming back asking for justice until God gives you the victory. Sometimes, like could, could very well have happened to this widow in our story, sometimes we experience defeat in our lives because we just give up too soon. Years ago, there was an old man who approached the famous 19th century artist, Dante Rossetti, He showed Rossetti some of his paintings. 
And he asked him, what do you think of them? Rossetti studied the paintings. And after the first few, he knew they weren't very good. They were worthless. They didn't show the least bit of artistic talent at all. But Rossetti was a kind man. And so he told the elderly man as gently as possible that the pictures really showed very little talent. He was sorry, but he could not lie to him. Well, the man was disappointed, but he seemed to expect that answer. And then he apologized for taking up so much of Rossetti's time, but he asked him, would you just take a look at a few more drawings done by a young art student? Rossetti said, sure. He looked over this second batch of sketches, and he liked what he saw. He said, these, ooh, these are really good. This young student has great talent. You tell him or her that they should be given every help, every encouragement in their career as an artist. They're going to make it. They have a great future if they work hard and stick to it. Rossetti could see that the old fellow was really moved. And he said, who is this fine young artist? Is this your son? He said, no. Sadly, it's me, 40 years ago. If only I had heard your praise then. But I got discouraged and I gave up too soon. What is it that the poet says? Of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. It might have been. Don't that let, let that be said about you. Don't let that be said about us. Don't let that ever be said about this church. What might have been if only. Don't give up. Trust God. Don't miss out on a possible blessing because you get discouraged. That is so important in serving God. People get their feelings hurt at church, and suddenly they're missing from the church family. Some get burned out because they aren't seeing results. This is a great danger for pastors. They're not seeing the results they expected to see by now. And so they get burned out. Jesus says, hang in there. Your work is not in vain. You are building up treasure in heaven. In his book, A Home Forum Reader, Glenn Wassum describes a simple experience that had a profound effect on his life. He had been clearing brush in the mountains when he took a lunch break. He sat on a log by a rushing stream, woods all around him, and he bit into his sandwich. Suddenly, a bee a very persistent bee began tormenting him, buzzing around his head, and he thought for sure this bee was going to sting him. He shooed it off, but it would come right back. And then he got tired of it, and he swatted it to the ground, and he stomped on it. He thought, problem solved. But to his amazement, that bee came right up out of the sand, and now he was mad. And he came to attack him. Before he had the chance to fly again, he knocked it back down and he ground it into the sand even harder. That should do it. 
Then as he finished his lunch, out of the corner of his eye, he noticed that bee burrowing out from under that sand. He was amazed, and he bent over to watch. The bee's right wing seemed all right, but the left one was kind of crumbled up like an accordion or a piece of paper. But still, the bee, with great patience, stretched and worked and tried to get that damaged wing going and then slowly started moving it up and down. It ran its legs along the length of the wing to try to straighten it out a bit. And the damage, it looked like to him, seemed pretty severe. Glenn was a pilot. And you see, he knew a little bit about wings. And as he knelt down watching the bee, he figured there's no way this bee was ever going to fly again. The bee had other ideas. It fiercely stretched out that damaged wing, and it fluttered it faster and faster. And then the bee attempted valiantly to fly. Managed to fly three inches up before it crashed back down into the sand. And then it tried again and again. And each effort was a little bit more successful. Though sometimes he would fly very erratically this way and that. At last, the bee took off. Buzzed over the stream and was gone. And as that bee disappeared... He wrote, I realized that I was still on my knees, and I remained on my knees for some time, thinking, wow, the determination. Friends, that bee demonstrated a faith that you and I can only envy. Some of us quit before we really get started. When that happens, remember that bee. When that happens, remember that widow. Jesus told, about who kept, uh, uh, told us about this widow who kept demanding justice until she wore that judge down. Let's not miss out by quitting too soon. Let's not be discouraged because things are, aren't going exactly as we think they ought to be. Let's keep working on that wing. And let's keep stretching it. And let's keep flying and take a short flight and then increase those flights as we go along. Let's never give up. Let's never quit. Let's hang in there. Amen.